All right, thanks for that awesome uh, audio intro, Becca and Fred. Uh, joined here with a guy I've been trying to get to do the podcast for a long time, State Senator Bill Wilikowski. <laughs> hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. I got to say, uh, this is a very timely podcast because I've been trying. We've been trying to get this for I don't know what a few months, maybe. It's You're, been a while. Yeah, you've been busy. I've been busy. Uh, we got to talk about here the elephant in the room. Okay, so are you talking about that picture of me, you, and Mike? We're gonna, yeah, that, that's related to this. Uh, okay, so let's go. Let's go back to the picture. So five years ago, I was in Juno for I think I was there for work, but I went to the Senate. It was during the session, and you were there, and Mike was there, and I had run in 2012. So this is like the session after I ran and lost, and Mike won. We both ran in 2012, and uh, I asked, I said, "Could we do a picture?" So you and I and Mike took a picture. I think the the press guy, the press person, took a picture, right? The majority press guy. I think so, yeah. And it's this great picture where, where Mike's kind of doing the like little bit of a lean out, kind of like <laughs> trying to get away from you. And I'm in Try the middle, away from me. <laughs> and you're in the right. So, so I believe that's probably maybe the only picture um, of you two that might maybe exists like on the internet. <laughs> so that picture appeared because the Dunleavy for Alaska Independent Expenditure got a got did an ad, and they found I guess an audio clip of you on was it Dave Steering maybe or on some on some radio show. Talking about because yeah. you you and Mike you guys were in state senate for what yeah four year four we were, years uh, or? I think five years we were to, we were in the senate together I like Mike we sat next to each, we sat um, you know for years I sat right in front of him we sat right next to each other for a few years then finally they separated us the last couple of years <laughs> don't you guys have like a history if you're from the same area your family's from the same area he he grew up in uh, Scranton Pennsylvania and I was born probably you know we, I was born probably like fifty miles away over right across in uh, northern New Jersey. And didn't what, what, and so we used to joke about that, you know. Wasn't we were, like your family Republican, his yeah, family was Democrat. Right. Or something? Yeah, we used to joke about that because my my family, my mother and father were pretty hardcore Republicans, and his parents were pretty hardcore Democrats, and so we used to joke that yeah, we were switched at birth or something. That's so funny. <laughs> so so it's no secret, you guys, you know, the permanent fund, you guys are aligned in a yeah. lot of ways. So this um, audio came out. The Dunleavy Group put it out there as like an ad, basically, almost kind of like a a, a, a veiled endorsement. Yeah. And then you didn't like that, did you? <laughs> hey, if you want my endorsement, come and ask me and get my permission first. And uh, don't try to misrepresent my, my positions. I, you know, I like Mike. Mike and I were friends in the legislature. We disagreed all the time. In fact, one time he, uh, he sponsored a, a piece of legislation. And I, somebody from, I think, the Anchorage Daily News or Channel 2 you know, asked me about it and said, hey, what do you think about that piece of legislation? I said, that's the stupidest piece of legislation I ever heard of. And they printed it. And Mike and I joked about it. Um, yeah, we were friends and, uh, you know, I got along well with Mike in the legislature, but we disagreed on, on, you know, a bunch of stuff and, and we still disagree. And so, yeah, I, I, uh, I was disappointed that that went up and they never, so, so, again, wait, wait, again, again it. it wasn't his campaign, no, it was the I independent know. group. No. And in fact, I tried to call him when, when I saw it, cause my phone started blowing up. I started getting text messages. I started getting phone me, calls. Me too, because they, cause they <laughs> use a picture of me and you and Mike. Right. So right. I'm getting all these messages and saying, you're on some Dunleavy ad and I go what and then they sent me a screen cap and I go oh my god that's a picture I took five years ago <laughs> right and and part of me is like you know who cares about the endorsement of Bill Willikowski right? I, I'm the, <laughs> just like who cares but but at the same time uh yeah it, it uh well because you're supporting Mark Begich pretty yeah pretty clearly. I supported you're... Mark from the beginning I mean I've said that I you know I talked with him you know l for a long time about about getting in the race and I've supported him and and so um 
so yeah, I, w- I, I saw it and, and I immediately said, well, let me, you know, I knew it wasn't Mike's, I knew it wasn't from Mike. I knew it was from the, the you know, the independent expenditure group. So, but I called up Mike and uh, I had two numbers for him. You can't get a hold of him. I can't I get a hold of him. His no. handlers <laughs> have basically cut him off from the world. So, even, even I, I heard, I heard a rumor that Bill couldn't even get a, Walker couldn't even get a hold of him when he was going to announce he was getting out. Yeah. I mean, I, he, he's, I used to have his number too. He changed his number twice. He had his old number when he was in the Senate and then he had a new number and I was in communication with him here and there before the primary. And then, you know, the handlers got involved and I think took his phone away. Uh, yeah. I don't know what happened. So anyway, I had two numbers for him. I called the one and, and some woman answered and she's like, oh, you have the wrong number. <laughs> and then, oh my uh, God. and then, uh, and then <laughs> the other one, um, it was just, you know, this number, it got, I got a, one of those messages that this number is no longer in existence. So then I went online and I sent a message to the people. I looked for a phone number. I, I actually thought about going and driving down to the headquarters and saying, hey, take this off. This I don't approve of this. Oh, I'm that would have ton, been Tons of phone calls and emails awesome. from people who are not happy about this. We should have gone there with a camera. Like, we should have <laughs> gone there with somebody filming you. Like, hi, I'm Bill, Facebook Live. I'm Senator Bill Wilkowski going to deal with this. <laughs> uh, so I, I sent him a Facebook message and I said, hey, uh, you don't have my permission to use this. Uh, I don't approve of it. I'm endorsing Mark Baggage. Please take it down. And then I waited and I didn't hear anything. And I said, well, okay, that's the way they're going to be. Then I'm going to, I'm going to do a response. And, uh, I felt like I had to at that point because so many people were sending me messages saying, oh, you're endorsing you, Mike you, Dunleavy. You, and you didn't, you did not hold back <laughs> on the, I mean, that's called uh, the nuclear option. Well, I unfortunately felt like I had to, unfortunately, I felt like I was put in a position where they misrepresented me so badly that I had no other choice. And I, I, you know, so yeah, I, I didn't hold back and I said, the things that I said and you can read it and so so the, the, their post from the group has I think I checked it was like 75 shares and your post had something like 700 yeah. last time I checked 700 shares yeah so I think there's my <laughs> I have a little more reach you, you, you post some stuff on Facebook once in a while you don't you, you you're one of the people you don't post that often but when you do post something it's usually kind of important or or a little pro- prolific and some some of your stuff gets like I mean permanent fun stuff I remember one of the permanent fun things you I think on the lawsuit that was like over a thousand shares. Yeah. yeah, from your personal Facebook page. Right. When, in fact, when I filed the lawsuit to try to overturn uh, Governor Walker's permanent fund dividend veto, yeah, I, I, I did a letter and, um, and I wrote it and put it on there, and yeah, I think I had like twelve, thirteen hundred shares. Yeah, no, I, it was I, crazy. I, know. I, I, you know, because it was a long letter, and people don't take the time. You know, usually on Facebook you're there, and you just want to, you want to scroll through, and and so you, it was like a two page letter. It was <laughs> single spaced. It was long, and I didn't expect that sort of response from that at all. I never expect this sort of response. When I posted it yesterday, I didn't expect... Well, ex- because you don't post stuff that often. Um, when you do post stuff, I tend to, even if it's long, I tend to read it because I think, oh, what, what's he what's he saying? You know, it's usually, it's it's more, uh, what do they say, qu- qu- quality, not quantity? <laughs> I'm a quantity guy. <laughs> We're a little different. Yeah, I don't post a lot. I don't post a lot, but I, I sort of go through phases and I'll go through, you know, days or even weeks where I just don't post anything at all. You go through the phases um, during the session at the end when you, when you just get, I think you get kind of frustrated at, and then I'll the just, Republicans are just up to bomb them. Yeah. You just, you just do not. So I like wait for those days. I'm like, <laughs> what is he going to say? You know, I, um, if there's something important that people need to know, cause I think a lot of the public just has no idea what's going on down in Juneau. A lot of the public. Well, the me- I mean, the uh, media coverage is quite, I mean, I, I do the blog, you know, for yeah. a year and I mean, I just see so much, I watch gavel. I, I talk to, I just, so much stuff happens. It never gets reported. I mean, the big stuff gets reported because it has to, you know, but there's like so many bills and so many things. You, you're there. You're the, you, you know better than most people. And I think that's a tactic that is used, a, a legislative tactic, is that they'll wait. So there'll be really controversial bills, 
and they'll wait until the last two weeks. And so you'll see like during the first couple months of session, nothing will pass. And everything passes in the last week. And I think there's tactical reasons for that. I think a lot of the bills are held for leverage, but I also think they hold really unpopular bills till right at the end when they'll pass a couple other really important bills on the same day so that it just gets buried. The so you you were you you were elected in 06, right, in the yeah. Senate? So you were, from that period, from 06 till 12, or I guess 13, um, you were in the coalition, right? Yeah. So you guys were, you were, you've been in the majority and in the minority. I was in the majority for the first six years, and I've been in the minority now for, yeah, about six years. So uh, what's, what's, what's more fun? I mean, being in the minority, you're kind of empowered to say whatever you want, right? Oh, yeah. In the minority, you know, I, I never felt, even in the, even in the majority, I never really felt like, I, I had to toe the line. I because um, it was bipartisan. It was right? bipartisan, it was a, and you know we. Kevin we, was in there. Liesel. Kevin, Senator Meyer was in for a few years, and and Senator McGuire was in. Yeah, I think we were in. Was it all? Maybe all the entire time. Before think, that, even Lida Green. I mean, that's funny because Tuckerman's so against Gabrielle, but his mother-in-law, Lida Green, she she started the first one, right? Yeah, that's the irony of all this. Is when when I first got elected, there were eleven Republicans and nine Democrats, and so there was a there was a. Uh, I guess a little bit of an intra-party fight over who's going to be the president. It was between Gene Terrio and uh, from North Pole and Lida Green. And Lida Green went to some of the Democrats and said, and I guess, you know, one person had five and the other person had four. And so neither one had, you know, you need 11 to be in the, to govern in the Senate, the 20, 20 member Senate. And neither one was close. So they went, she went to the, to the Democrats and said, Hey, would you be willing to form a coalition? And at that she time, did a, she did a Gabrielle. she organized it i mean that's the irony and became the president of it so uh yeah she organized it and she and brought in every democrat in in the in the senate and so there were nine democrats and then there were uh six republicans and so it was 15 to 5 when we started out and then uh, yeah we were we had 15 to 5 and you know it was kind of interesting that charlie huggins was in the majority and Mm -hmm. Ida green was in the majority for years charlie huggins was the rules chair and Lida green was the president of course and, um, and, and I, I, I'm trying to think. I got I, st- I ran in 2011. I started paying attention, and I ran in 2012. And I, I guess I started getting involved in 2011. But I mean, there was a coalition in, in 2012 that was a big issue with a lot of folks. But but it didn't seem like it was. It was more like oh, we want to we want to change it. It wasn't so much personal. It was just at the time it seemed like a lot of folks wanted to change. But it, it, now it seems like it's gotten real personal. Was it like that back before? It's, it's they always wanted to. They always wanted to, Republicans wanted to take back, take it back, right? No, it's definitely gotten worse. It's, it's really it, it has gotten worse, and the, the politics of like personal destruction have gotten worse for sure. Um, I mean, the they're par- saying they're saying Gabby basically killed the guy. Yeah, the partisanship has really ramped up. It's gotten worse, no doubt about it. Um, I, the best form of government, and all the time I've been there was was the bipart. It was the bipartisan government. It really was. And and what we did, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of those years, and we. Put to put aside, you know, real controversial issues. A lot of the social issues that de- tend to divide people, and we just focused on things that could bring us together. And you know, we definitely had some issues that were were controversial, but but we worked through them, and we were able to do it politely and civilly. And and uh, I think we did some good things. We saved up during that time. You know, Johnny Els, yeah, Johnny Els likes to say we went on a saving spree, and we did. We saved sixteen billion dollars, which is the the savings that we've been I living. Remember when of. the was it oh nine? When, when was it oh nine when it hit one? Oil hit almost one fifty. One hundred forty-seven dollars. Yeah, that was a, yeah, yeah. That was a those party. Were, for those were good times. Folks. I think Woo. I think we made in that one year like eight billion dollars, or you know, and and we, you know, this was at a time government was running probably at a, about a two to three billion dollar budget per year, and so we had 
we we took you know we operating or I think that was well that was probably the operating but at those the capital time, what the we, one year the capital was like capital budget was a couple billion but we were taking care of things that like needs across the state that hadn't been taken care of for for decades and so you know could we have saved some things absolutely um, but but I think there were a lot of important things that we got taken care of um, and you're still seeing the benefits of that you know every every billion dollars that you invest in a capital budget creates eight thousand jobs and so part of it was jobs you know the economy was doing great we we put a lot in savings, you know, it wasn't like we spent the whole thing. And I'll tell you what, there were people in the caucus, uh, who, who shall remain nameless, who, who, who wanted to spend the entire thing. You can, you can name them. I'm not stopping you. You're welcome to name anybody you want. <laughs> who, who wanted to spend every penny of it. And, uh, and we didn't do that. And we saved, you know, well, we, it's good. They saved it. Cause I mean, now it's down. Most of it's gone, but yes, yeah, that, that billion or 2 billion left. What are we had done if, I mean, when the price, I mean, that was the money that was there to, Cover that, the defi- defi- that, these deficits. Right. That was the philosophy that we had was, you know, we, we're a boom and bust state. We've been relying on oil. And that and so we we talked about this back in 2007 when we were doing our oil tax structure. We talked about this and said, you know, we want to have a structure where we're going to make more money and save it when times are really good so that we can get by when times are bad. And and that's that's what, what factored into our philosophy. Tell me about, so you won... The same year Sarah Palin won, right? I did, yeah. So you were then in the Senate. She was governor, you know, for a couple of years before she quit. What was it like? I mean, did you work with her a lot? Were you like, well, I guess there's all these stories everybody has about her, but I guess what was it like being in the Senate when she was when she was governor? Um, I, you know, I I gotta say, and my my Democratic friends don't um, don't appreciate it, but I I actually enjoyed working with her in, in the legislature. Um, I thought, I thought she did a pretty good job as governor. I, I really did. I hope that's not used against me in a radio ad someday or against her. her no, it's, it's, but, it's coming. But, it's, well, it's funny because I but, watched, uh, somebody shared a while back, uh, her first state of the state. And this is before the McCain and all the you know stuff she's doing now. And, and she just, I mean, you watch it and she's totally like normal, coherent. I mean, she, get, she just seems like a very normal person. None of this crazy stuff. None of none of this kind of stuff as we, a lot of us know her now. She she definitely changed a lot after she got picked to be vice president. There's no doubt about it. It was, um, y- you know, she she was um, she was very good. At, I'll give her this. She knew the levers to pull to get things done. And and there were a lot of good things. I think that that we did during that time period. Um, you know, uh, aces all tax reform was, and and ace and uh, yeah aces. And you know, I know that's kind of, you know some people hate it, but it ended up saving us. You know, sixty well, you, million dollars. Uh, you, you, so, I mean, that was the SB twenty one. Afterwards, that was the big yeah, fight, right? And then, but then we, you know, we did ethics reform. We did some good criminal justice reform, criminal justice uh, bills, and um, so there was, I think, a lot of good things that happened during those years. Um, she was, you know, I enjoyed working with her. She was good. You know, we we definitely we definitely sparred, and you know, I I definitely stood up on the Senate floor and had things to say that I when I disagreed with her. But um, I, I I'll tell you this one story. So we we passed. Um, the day we passed aces, um, she she uh, called called me up and and it was me and Hollis French and uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee and Jean Terrio, and she called all of us up into her office and she thanked us and um, it was you know you, you I, I haven't worked with a governor quite like her ever. <laughs> she was definitely she was, a, she, she was very unique. unique. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do you remember? Uh, where, I mean, this is probably coming up to 10 years, almost 10, probably almost any day, 10 years ago. Well, it was after the election when they when McCain lost, she quit. Do you remember where you were when you heard the news she was leaving, when she was quitting? 
I mean, I guess it was probably November 2008, right? I, so I remember the day that she got picked to be vice president. I was going on a fishing trip to, out to um, Bristol Bay, uh, fly fishing with, with Les Guerra and another friend of ours. And, um, and I remember driving to the airport and my phone just exploding, right? So it must have been, what, August or something? Yeah, or? it was probably August or September. When, whenever she got picked to be vice, because it was that day, I remember. And so we had a flight into King Salmon, and then we had a connecting flight somewhere else. And uh, and phone was just blown up. And I, I remember being in King Salmon and getting phone calls, Les and I both, um, because they gave our names for people to talk to about her. And uh, and I getting calls from Fox News and, and uh, MSNBC. I don't even know if they were around at that time, but uh, CNN, uh, CBS. I mean, I mean, just Washington Post, New York Times. Every, I, I must have done a couple hundred interviews during the time she wow. was running for vice I know president. Steve Haycox from UA, my old professor, he, because really there was just, these people didn't have anybody to talk to. They were, we don't right. know, you know, it's Alaska. And I remember he was doing, I saw, I saw him on CNN and I saw him on like Fox doing it. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I guess they went, because he's, you know, Alaska history expert and, um, it's funny. I got a story about her. So pr- 10 years ago, probably almost to the day, I think I was in China, uh, with a, f- a few friends do it. We were at a big trade trade show and I was in, um, Guangzhou in mainland China. And I was waiting with some friends in the train station to go back to Hong Kong. And I was sitting next to this guy, very, very black guy from Africa. He was like, he was like a legit like African dude. And I was talking to him and I'm like, Hey, where, you know, where are you from? He goes, if it's a Tanzania, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and he's like, where are you from? And I go, I'm from Alaska. Dude stands up in the middle of the airport in Guangzhou and says, oh my God, did you know Sarah Palin? <laughs> I mean, he just got like so excited. I'm thinking to myself, this dude from Africa in the middle of China is talking about Sarah Palin. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, when it, that's when it hit me. I was like, wow, this is, this is a big thing. It was you know? a big thing. This is, anytime I went outside, I, people, that's the first thing people would ask me. You know, friends, you know, I'd go to my, visit my parents. And, you probably tell them, yeah, I know, I work with her. Like, yeah, the- I know her. I work <laughs> with her. And yeah, so uh, no, I, definitely. It was, it was, uh, it was quite, quite a period in Alaskan politics. <laughs> so speaking of governor, okay, so now we have, you know, this big announcement last week, the Byron thing, Byron resigns, and then Bill gets out, Walker gets out, he steps down, or I guess he uh, withdraws kind of, he can't really get off the ticket, but he, he's out. So it leaves leaves uh, Mike Dunleavy and, and uh, Mark Begich. What, I mean, what are you, what's your read on the whole thing? I mean, it, I mean, everybody thought it was going to be a three way, and then this happens. It had to be one of the craziest weeks in Alaskan political history, as I would say, very loose. <laughs> it was just crazy. Um, I I think the way it settled, yeah, it settled down. Mike Mike Dunleavy was going to be governor. I, I you know there there was just no doubt. I think the Begich strategy going in was that. Dunleavy's numbers would drop and Walker's numbers would drop and and it, it just hadn't happened at that time uh, and so you know I, I think I think Governor Walker did the right thing I think it was it was pretty clear that uh, they you neither he or nor baggage could win in a three-way race and uh, and I'm glad that they you know were able to figure it out and um, and so now we've got a, a baggage Dunleavy you know Walker's still going to get a, a percentage of the vote and I think I think and, and, and my boy Billy Toyan, the yeah, libertarian. He'll, he'll get, yeah, he'll, he'll get a couple percent, um, no doubt. Um, you know, so it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting race. I think I think the thing. So the you know, on the negative side for for Begich is he's he's got to deal with the fact that, yeah, five to 10 percent, who knows, are, are still going to vote for Bill Walker. There's still, you know, people out there who aren't going to know or people that have already voted. And so he's got to deal with that on the negative side. You know, I mean, side. reaching everybody, there's so many people who just, 
who are just you know vote voters, but they're just so clicked checked oh, out. They don't we, watch news every day. They it, don't maybe they don't you just. Know, we, people forget this. I think you get involved in politics. We live, we live and breathe this stuff every day. But you go and you the bu- talk the to... The bubble. Yeah. yeah. You, you go out and you talk to people in, in the neighborhood, people in Spinard or Muldoon, and they're busy raising their family, you know, raising their kids and taking care of the dog and, you know, helping their kids with homework. And they're just not focused on I, this. I, like, I, like I was here. talking to a, a buddy of mine who's not political at all, but, uh, you know, a smart person kind of pays attention. And I, and I said... Uh, and went last Wednesday. Said I can't believe what happened to Byron Milani. He goes, Byron. He goes, Oh yeah, Lieutenant Governor. He goes, What happened? And I go, Huh? <laughs> like I had no idea. Like no idea he resigned. Yeah. No, there, there's, there's a lot of people, and and this is why I think this is where I think the politicians get in a little bit of a bubble on things like like the permanent fund. They they don't understand. They don't realize the the impact of that. How that's such a third rail. It still is. I think in Alaska politics. Uh, because people, that's the that's the the one connection that every single Alaskan has with their government is, they get that PFD check, and that was that was the intent. They purposely set it up so that, uh, to in order, quite frankly, in order to keep the permanent fund concept as a whole alive, Governor Hammond said it. You got to have a dividend. It, as you know, if the dividend goes away, the permanent fund goes away. So I think, and this we've talked about this before, and I think we have philosophical d- disagreement. I mean, I think. Dividend's great, uh, especially I know a lot of folks rely on it, and, and I understand that. But, you know, people talk about the owner state. I mean, don't, don't, don't you – I mean, to me, I just see a disconnect when you have a multi-billion dollar deficit, and then at the same time we're handing out a billion plus in, in dividends. I mean, like if you, if you talk about owner state, to me it's like a company wouldn't hand out a dividend if they're losing money. They, they, they act like, you know, an owner, or they act like a company, and they – so I guess I – mean, What's your, I mean, I think, you know, the dividend's great when we can afford it, but when we're running a $3 billion deficit, I mean, do you think it's, it's, it's still good to, when we're running out of money in the uh, savings accounts? I, I disagree with that philosophy completely. And, and here's why. And respectfully. Yeah, you, <laughs> and you, I, and I, you know, we talk and yeah. we disagree. And no, and I, and I know that. I wish more people could disagree and not, you know, you tell know, people to screw exactly. off. Exactly. It's the way that, you know, years ago. You can cuss on here too, by the way. This is podcast. <laughs> I so probably wouldn't do that. You can say whatever you want. Uh, no, I, here, here, here's, my, here's my take on it. Uh, the people gave up their ownership rights. When we, when we became a state, part of the statehood compact was that the Alaska as a state would uh, keep control of the under the subsurface rights to our oil and gas, natural resources. And so Alaskans individually don't have that right. If you, you know, you find oil and gas in Texas, North Dakota, it's yours. You, you know, on your property, you own it, bam, mm-hmm. you know, you've just hit the jackpot. You, you're become an instant millionaire, maybe a billionaire. But in Alaska, that's not the way we're set up. And so for years, the, the, they've struggled with this to try to figure out, well, how do we, how do we best make sure that every Alaskan benefits from that. And so, you know, for, for, for years, they, the legislature struggled with this, governors struggled with this, and, and they had loan programs, and they had, you know, all kinds of benefits. And it was government trying to figure out how to make sure we follow our constitutional requirement to make sure that we're getting the maximum benefit for the resource and also making sure that it's being used to the maximum benefit of every Alaskan. And so they went and they tried all these different things and nothing worked. And finally, they just said, look, the fairest way to do it is to give everyone an equal share. And that, because here, here's what happens. And this is what they said back in 1980, 1982, when they were creating the permanent fund dividend. They said, you know, you have right now this, this 
political aristocracy. You have this group. That's not the word. That's my term <laughs> for it. Mm-hmm. But you have this, you have, you have this group of, of political people who are very connected, who are, you know, get very involved in politics and give big campaign contributions and help candidates win elections. And then and then they come in and they say, hey, you know, can you give me a million dollars for this project or give me, you know, a couple hundred million dollars for this project or give me some tax breaks or give me some tax credits or give me some tax deductions or something. And so what you find is you find a very uh, disproportionate way of providing government government benefits. And it's not based on just every single Alaskan getting a fair share. It's based on who has more political access. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there, there definitely is a, a um, degree of cronyism. I mean, right. here, everywhere. You know, and and so, right. And so, so that's, this is exactly what they were trying to get at when they created the permanent fund dividend. They, and they looked at, believe they look, you know, I've read all the minutes. I've read all the history. They've looked at many, many different ways to do this. They looked at bond programs. They looked at loan programs. They looked at, you know, s- s- you know, all sorts of program, government programs, and they said, you know what, the best way to do it is we're just going to give every single Alaskan man, woman, and child a check, and they can figure out what they want to do with it. And, that, and then, you know, we still have other money coming in, and, um, and government can figure out, you know, got to pay for education, got to pay for roads, public safety, corrections, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the fairest way to do it is, is to just give everyone a check and let them figure out how to do it. And so when I hear people say, well, it's the budget, and you, get, you need to take that away because the budget... I, I, here's why I disagree with that. Because government already gets 100% of the oil revenue from production taxes. They get 100% for corporate income taxes. They get 100% for um, property taxes. And they get 75%. They've always gotten 75% for royalties. The only thing that the people get is the 25% of our 12.5% royalty share. It's a tiny, tiny portion. So, so let's say okay, let's say all the savings get spent. You know, We got $2 billion left or something. Um, and then the price of oil goes down again. There's pro- problems with revenue. I mean, eventually the money's going to be gone, and we're going to have to use some f- form of earnings, percentage of earnings. And then, I guess, I mean, you're probably not opposed to some kind of tax. I would assume. I mean, are you are you opposed to like an income tax or a sales tax or because some people want the full dividend and they also want no taxes. Okay. Which, so I, I, I here's my position on this, and I don't think. I don't think you need a tax right now. And, and here's why, uh, at least on the people. You don't need, you know, I, I, I represent a working class district. I represent low income people, middle income people. I don't want to see them bear the inordinate burden of balancing the budget on their backs. I, I think that's unfair. And so I would do it a different way. And, you, you know, I've talked about this a thousand times or more. But uh, look, every other state in the country, no other state in the country has a permanent fund. No other state in the country has, has a dividend program. Yeah, no, I'll got, talk to we, some of my friends from other states and I'll mention like, kind of our problems and they're like, don't you have $60 billion right, right. in some account? And then I go, right. well, yeah, yeah but it's complicated. Right. It's complicated, <laughs> right. So, so he, I, I think we can, you know, I think that a consensus has developed that we can use a, a percentage of the earnings. I think most Alaskans will, a vast, vast majority of Alaskans agree to that. All the gubernatorial candidates agree to that. Most legislators agree to that. I mean, even, even Hammond, I mean, back then though, right. the, those guys said this is for right. a time when the oil's not here. We need to have a, sustainable so, uh, so we can use a percentage of the permanent fund earnings i think that consensus has developed on that that that's the case that wasn't the case in 1999 by the way but i think that's the that case. was when they had the vote right? yeah that's when you had the vote and 82 percent said no don't touch the earnings at all right so i think we've come a long way since 99 although i think if you put that that same vote out you'd probably have people say no today still but but that being said i think you know the consensus has has arrived you know we're, we we can use some of the earnings and so then it becomes a question of well how much can you use and so if you got sixty billion in the bank, and you take and the projections are you're going to make around seven percent rate of return every single year, well, that's four point two billion dollars you got coming in every single year. 
and it's going to grow because the stock market's been down the last couple of weeks, but the number historically and the stock market's going to go up over time. So unless, got, unless there's like an 08 event where well if there's an 08 event I mean even factoring in that you know you go back historically Histor- historically you know, 40, yeah I mean, historically, 35 years right, of the know. permanent fund I mean they've historically earned 8-9% mm-hmm. rate of return so the free, next 10 years 7, 7% so you're taking in over 4 billion dollars you need 1.9 billion to pay a full dividend that leaves you with 2.1 billion you want inflation proof you know, and that's going to be anywhere from 500 million, maybe a billion. So you still, that leaves you with a billion to a billion and a half dollars that you can use for government. Now, if you want to restructure the permanent fund and do like a percent of market value, there's actually, there's actually some merit to doing that. There's a lot of merit. I don't know how much you want to get into it. That might be for another show. That's probably but, a second. Yeah. yeah but, uh, almost, almost 30. I try to keep them to about 30 minutes. Yeah. That's what people tell me. That's they, probably fair. They want to, they want to, <laughs> nobody wants to listen but, for more than but that, 30. That's a discussion <laughs> worth having. Um, you know, how, how do we, how do we do the formula to make sure Alaskans continue to get their, their share? Because I do think the dividend is something, it's, it's something that, uh, that has helped us achieve the lowest income inequality in the, in the United States. My last question. Um, so, so Walker did the veto in 2015. The next two years, the legislature actually, uh, re, you know, provided yeah. a, a dividend lower than the, the historic calculation. Yeah. Whoever wins, if it's Mike or Mark, um, now that this kind of ha- the the gates have been opened, I guess, on this issue, wh- what do you foresee happening? I guess a le- does it depend on the legislature? What do you foresee happening next year for the dividend? I mean, because the governor puts in the amount, right? They mm-hmm. they say right. this is, but you guys can you guys can add to it. Or reduce it, and then the governor can veto. But the governor can't add right. money, so only, only they right. can put what they want and see what the legislature. So, what do you see first see happening next year with the dividend? It's a, it's a really good question. I have no idea. I think I think um, both candidates are campaigning on putting the dividend in the constitution. That's great. I think I think it needs to be in the constitution. Um, you know, they they have different structures, different ways of doing it, and. Uh, and you know that'll be debated over the next couple of weeks. But I, I have no idea. I think I think when I hear candidates out there, what I'm hearing from a lot of candidates, particularly in contested races, is I support the dividend, right? And so you know I, I support a dividend. Yeah, you're not really hearing anybody say uh, I don't support. Yeah, yeah nobody's, no, nobody's, nobody's running on that. a platform of vote for me, and I'll you know cut even Machiki down there is he's a totally, all of a sudden he's a PFD totally defender now changed his opinion, right? And so uh, so I think it's had an impact. The voters uh, are are speaking on that. And, um, uh, you know, it's going to, uh, it will partially depend on the price of oil. It'll, it'll, I think there will be a big push in next session to put the PFD in the constitution. I think we've achieved the tipping point on that. You're hearing a lot of candidates talk about that. You're in both gubernatorial candidates talk about that. I think there's going to be a big push and the, the big fight will be, how do you do that? Do you put the current statute in? Do you put it in as a constitutional percent of market value? There's going to be a big, big discussion over that. Well, it's going to be heated. It's going to, it's going to, as I would say, it's probably going to get loose. <laughs> well, and interestingly, it'll depend where the stock market is. Cause if the stock market stays high and people are going to be expecting huge dividends, that's going to impact the formula. Whereas if the stock market dips significantly, then a percent of market well, value all of a sudden is all I gotta so say unattractive. Is whatever happens, I didn't get a dividend this year because I spent last year in Australia. <laughs> so I, I called the dividend office and I asked him like, well, you know, I was gone for I don't qualify, but should mm-hmm. I should, should I still apply just so I so, so I have they said they said apply, you're going to get denied, but you want to make sure you, you're on the record, you know, so whatever. Okay. So I, but I'm going to get one next year. So yeah. so if if next year is the big sucker, the big five or ten, you know, whatever it's going to be, and like be, I'll be happy to get that one. Sure. So I want to thank you for coming doing hey, the podcast. We'll do it again. Day. I think we could probably go into a much more. Uh, philosophical discussion about the, the <laughs> POMV or the permanent fund itself. That'll be good for people who have a hard time sleeping. Maybe, yeah, maybe we can get some, uh, maybe we can get like a third, third, third person on here. We can, 
Sure. Really, really good at who, who would be a good Dunleavy, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Actually, no, we got to get somebody like uh, who would be a good person who's kind of who's a big POMV? Liesl, wasn't she big POMV? Uh, you know, there's she was POMV before. Before it was really, really even a There's kind of a big concept. difference between a statutory POMV and a constitutional POMV. A statutory POMV is kind of worthless, in my opinion. Uh, if you're going to do it, you got to put it in the Constitution. And there's ways to do it that you can, I think, the people of Alaska would be happy with. We should try and get Lisa. We, her and I made up. We're good We're good now. We had a, I'm sure you're aware, there was a rough patch of several years. You guys went to, you, you went to South Africa with her, right? Years ago for the, some gas. We had a conference. LNG. And, yeah. We could, yeah. we could, uh, we could bring you guys back. We could maybe, let me reach out to her. We're, we're, uh, we're. Yeah. We're back friends on. We were all right. friends off for, for a bit. So, All right, Bill, thanks for uh, doing this. Thanks, and Bill. we will do it again. And I guess uh, T-minus about two weeks. Huh, until the, all right. Come to Election Central. We're having the big party. Okay. Okay, Everybody, everybody's invited. All right, Bill, thanks. thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast, anybody you want to uh, hear from, let me know. Or if you want to come on the podcast, I'll pretty much uh, do it with anybody. Um, even Bill Wilikowski, huh? What a, what, a, what, a, what a great podcast this has been. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Landline.